Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Football Today. Uh, on this episode, uh, I just want to get right into it. I've been very eager. Um, I want to talk about basically um, what changes I want to see as far as from both the manager and the players. Now, I did an episode um, in just turn of the new year uh it was called Bayern Munich's New Year Resolution. And I talked about what I wanted to see in the second half of the season. This will, you know, it's been a few games in, in the second half of the season. So this will, this episode basically when I when I finish, it will be an extension to that, but a little, a little altered. Uh, altered in a way that from what I've seen in the games already this year, uh, what I would change, um, I, won't, I won't be talking about what, I wouldn't change. Um, I'm going to focus more on the errors and the flaws from the managers and uh, the players and something I would like to see differently, of course. So I've written about I've written about eight or nine things that I think should be changed or should be altered in some way from either the player or the coach or both. Um, from the game, let's get into it. I'm going to just go through down the list and go a little in depth for each one and uh possibly reason with with you guys and see what you guys think also after so let's just change the mic a little okay so the first one uh it's based on what happened with joshua kimmich against um leverkusen so he kovac opt to play him in midfield and uh, you know whatever the manager puts you to play you got to give your best effort you know you got to be concentrating you got to be on the day you got to be on point as best to your abilities um sometimes you have great games sometimes you have bad games sometimes it's not your day sometimes you're lucky all that is obviously understandable but this was one not one of those days this was a day where Bayern Munich um you know first half more or less Pretty good. Second half, more or less. Well, not more or less. Second half, just complete shit. Um, but this one is, you know, one thing I want to point out is Joshua Kimmich. I am not okay with Joshua Kimmich playing in midfield anymore. And I think many are, you know, not. But I say anymore, I mean um, for the near future, uh, in the next month or two or so. You know, if there's a rotation i mean we have a bunch of midfielders so there's no point in playing joshua Kimmich in midfield and then playing rafinha now if we have a huge injury crisis in midfield that would make sense but i say not to play joshua Kimmich in midfield because you know if he when he plays right back um you guys know he he gets up forward he provides support for attacking players and he does that brilliantly he's done that this year last year um when he with pep he he had a little you know glimpse um but when he plays right back he still leaves um space behind him he doesn't track back too much um or he takes his time or um you know because he's running so much he's moving he's constantly up and down up and down up and down he even cuts inside sometimes um he overlaps you oh you know he does all that and it, it it's it's we see it and most of us give credit to it on that one 
side. But the flip side is that, you know, he leaves huge gaps behind him, huge gaps. And that's in right back. So, you know, it's not that it could be costly, but playing in midfield and doing that is much more costly. And you could see it. He was, he's a, he's a central midfield. He's playing, Kovac put him in central midfield against Leverkusen. He was going forward and, you know, you couldn't tell. And, you know, um, also Leverkusen really weren't taking advantage, but he was leaving gaps behind him, which is not great because, you know, we don't have Beckenbauer, Maldini. We don't have Botan from 2014. We don't have Dante. We don't have, um, you know, Costa Curta. We don't have Cannavaro. We don't have Nesta. We don't got players like that behind so he can leave gaps. We haven't. You know, we have Nicolas Sula, who's, you know, he's got so much pressure on him, you know, because everybody on the back line is just not on their game this year. With obviously a few exceptions, because I think David Alba has been great. Kimmich at right back, more or less, has been good, but uh, defensively, he needs to be, he needs to work on it. So playing in midfield, I don't want to, I don't want to see him playing in midfield. You know, he leaves space, he has defensive laps, we, and the, and the other argument is that, you know, we have a lot of midfielders. Yeah, maybe that game, again, people could argue he, playing Kimmich in midfield wasn't that bad. Sure, but I could have argued uh, a midfield of Javi Martinez and Goretzka would have been better. I could have argued that if, uh, if uh, what was it, if Thiago didn't play as I, um, as I wanted, as I suspected that, you know, Maybe if we don't play Thiago against Stuttgart, he'll be available for a big test against Leverkusen. But with all that, you know, ifs and buts, I don't want to get into it. But I would have played Javi and Goretzka in midfield. That's what I would have done. And I would have thrown Kimmich at right back. But that's just my take. So I don't want to see Kimmich in in midfield. I don't want to see that. We have Thiago, we have Goretzka, James could play at center midfield. You know, James and Goretzka can switch. One could play at 10 and the other could play at central midfield. And then during the game, one can move up forward and the other one moving back to cover him. That's a very versatile position for both of them. Um, you know, if you have Renato Sanchez, you have Thiago, Tolisso is coming back. And we got we got a bunch of bunch of guys, so I don't want to hear Kimmich playing. You know, it was because he's leaving so much gap, and we have so much option. And defensively, he's just turned off. You know, for the more part, for the best part of the season. You know, um, more and more, if this is not addressed, then he's going to become a defensive liability. And I don't think so, because I think you know he he has that sort of criti- self criticism in him, and. I think he will do what it takes to show defensively that he is capable of, you know, not being a liability. Offensively, we don't. I don't have anything to say. Offensively, you know, going forward, he's great. That's why he has one of the highest assists in Europe. You know, he's. I think I was checked. He was like top seven, or uh, he was top seven, and he was the only defender on the list. Um, so that, that you know, it's pretty good. And last year he was doing this whole assist assisting and creating chances and getting the ball to the attackers and the forwards so it's not some like one season thing but this is who he is but defensively he needs to 
be there too. So if that means sacrificing a little on the offensive side and, you know, covering for the likes of Botang Hummels and maybe next year, uh, you know, Sula and either Delict, Hernandez, Pavard, all those guys, he needs to do that. He can't keep leaving gaps and exposing um, exposing the defenders, central defenders. And, then, you know, that hurts the goalkeeper too. Um, another one um, I want to look at is Kimmich also, and this goes trickles down also to Kovac. So the first two basically is for Kimmich and Kovac. I don't understand why Kimmich takes corners. Sometimes he takes both corners. Sometimes he takes the left side of corner. So he's a, he's playing central midfield, right central midfield, or he's playing uh, right back, and then he has to go all the way to the left corner and take a corner. And then he, if something happens, whether it's a, the ball goes out, the goalkeeper gets it, uh, the ball goes into the field, whatever happens, a goal, whatever the end result, Kimmich still has to get from left forward to right back or central midfield. You know, he's been for the more for the better part of the season, he's been playing right back. So all that running he has to do. I would understand if he was only taking right and even the right, I have some issues. Because his corners are not, you know, they're not really great. Standing still ball, uh, you know, crossing for him is, I don't know what ha- happened this year, but it's not that great. And last year wasn't that great either, but this year is just piss poor. The ball is fading away from the defenders. The ball is too high. It's too close to the keeper. Um, get someone else on it. Ro- I remember Robin were taking those. I would prefer Robin. James Rodriguez can take the left side. You know, let if Robin comes back, let Robin take it. Or if Ribery, Ribery, let Ribery take the left side if he starts. Let Thiago take one. I just every, the corners have been the set pieces, garbage, garbage. Kimmich has been taking both corners. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you know he's been told to do that by Kovac. I don't know if he wants to take the responsibility. But, you know, he's taking the corner and then he's got to track back. I don't Why is the right back doing that? He doesn't have to take both. He doesn't take, have to take all of them at the from the right side at least. Get someone else to do it. James Rodriguez, Thiago, Robin. On the left side, you can have James and, uh, James and Frank Ribéry if they start. I'd rather have Thomas... I mean, it sucks if I say Thomas Muller because I'd rather have Thomas Muller in the box. But actually, I don't think Thomas Muller should be taking corners either. Thomas Muller should definitely be in the box if he starts. But, you know, you can't... We can't... You know, if he's going to keep crossing, you got to work on your crossing a little from the corner. Because corner. these balls are... You know, these are chances uh, wasted. So, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know... Maybe these are, you know, very, very small detailed things that, you know, a manager might not look at or it'll take longer period in his tenure to, uh, you know, tweak, tweak specific things. But this is what I'm already seeing. I don't like Kimmich in midfield as of now. He leaves too much holes behind him, exposes players, um, you know, puts the weight of the uh, weight of the defending on players such as the central midfield, uh, central central defensive midfield, or the center uh, center halves, and then it trickles down to the goalkeeper, and then the corners. Those are three, two things 
that basically I would, or if you want to count midfield being one defensive uh, liability and the lapses he leaves in space, um, and then the corners, that could be three. So that's three things that Kimmich can improve on himself and maybe Kovac can take a look. Speaking of Kovac, uh, many people either, well, for, for the most part, when I see criticism of Kovac, it's not really, um, you know, beautifully articulated criticism. It's just, uh, it's just hashtag Kovac out. It's, um, it's, you know, you're a donkey, you're stupid. Um, it's not really, you know, high IQ criticism. It's just, you know, something, uh, something a drunk man in his 70s says, you know. And it's, I mean, Jesus, you can't give constructive criticism to the manager. Um, it, it's crazy because people people don't say, yeah, Kovac was shit. They just say, well, Kovac is an idiot that we lost the game. Okay, well, why? He's just a, sh- he's a shit manager. Okay, great. Cool. Um, why do you think that? And they don't say anything reasonable or they don't say anything at all. If you told me, okay, here's why I don't think Kovac was right to do this. Here's one example. Here's two examples. And then there's a previous game where he did the same example and the result was that. Um, I think he should change that. Okay, cool. Thank you. That's constructive. Then I can look at it and I can be like, yo, I agree or yo, I disagree. And then we maybe come to different conclusions or agree. That is one. But that's how I obviously... And many others on you know Twitter and the Bayern media fans that I know that's how we you know criticize with evidence with reason with logic and we're reasonable we don't just say well Kovac is a donkey he's an idiot with that tactic he sucks okay well great um now can you tell me why he sucks like what did he do wrong he just sucks oh okay um right so what did you not like you know, what did you not like from him last game? Everything. He sucks. We lost because of him. You do know he didn't play, right? He's just a manager. He sets a team up. He's he's an idiot. He sucks. I can do it. I can do it. Right. I exit the conversation at that moment. Anyway, but I do have construct, con- constructive criticism of Kovac too. One... I've been raving about this for about, uh, I would say a few months. I don't know, but I would say at least a few months. Um, Earlier subs, definitely earlier subs. Um, You know, sometimes when the game is going on, he he, he does remind me of an old school manager-esque, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson. Solskjaer is like that right now. Um, What was it? There's... Sometimes Benitez, sometimes I feel like Benitez has that vibe too. But he has that, you know, he lets the players play for about, you know, past past an hour mark, and then he slowly realizes, okay, what what can I change? Because when he puts a starting eleven out, he's like, okay, you guys deserve it. You, this is the tactic. This is the game plan. Your eleven are gonna go out and do it. Any changes are because of you know fresh legs, or it's not a tactical change at most or most most of the time, you know, or sometime. I don't know. But that's the vibe of the old school manager. Right, I'm just gonna put straight eleven out, and you guys go on and boss out, and then I'll make changes to relieve some um, some pressure. Okay, but you know, 
it is 2019 when you see something that's not working or when you see something uh, being changed from the opposition, you can counter that. Again, this is chess. Um, if you don't know how to play chess, it's going to hurt you because, you know, you're always looking to either, you know, either what kind of game plan are you being aggressive? Are you being conservative? Are you um, attacking from all sides? Are you going all out? Are you, you know, do you have a counter to the person's move? What What's going on here? And Kovac needs to do that as subs because, you know, sometimes the play is going on and it's been like an hour, right? And, you know, the, the players are fighting. They're fighting, right? And they just need that something extra. And where does that something extra need to come from? The manager. He needs to make a change, either a tactical change, a personnel change. He's got to make a change. I'm telling you, that is one big thing because the players are working their butts off, you know, and you can realize like, okay, well, we're up 3-1 or whatever. And like, I'll give you the situation. It's like, okay, we're up 3-1. Now I can take out Thomas Muller and put a DM and then take out a winger and put another fresh winger. So I'll add an extra defender, but I'll freshen up the attack. Okay, that would make sense. You know, but then he, it's been like, you know, it's been like 75, 80 minutes. And then he decides to make a couple substitutions. And then he probably takes out uh, a 10 roll and either a winger. Then he goes and takes out a midfielder that has dead legs or a fullback, something like that. And then they get like 10, ga- 10 minutes in. And then, you know, there's obviously rumors going around that, oh, well, he's not happy playing time. Well, he's not happy. That also trickles down to, Kovac, he needs to rotate. You got a 23-man squad. You got to fit in, you know, 18 of them at some point regularly. You know, all that, you know, rotation policy going on early in the season. And then, you know, the fans coming out and, um, you know, because this ties down to rotation. And the other one is the lack of rotation, which I'm going to get to. So the earlier subs paves the way for rotation because if you rotate, if you if you make a subs, you're basically rotating in game also. You know, if if you see okay, well Thomas Muller is just having a bad game or he's just not he he's being uh you know nullified by the opposition. Okay, it's 55th minute. I'm going to take him out right now and I'm going to go 4-3-3 or I'm going to bring on another winger. I'm going to bring on Gnabry. I'm going to bring on Davies or Coleman or whatever. Or I'm going to bring on Ribery or Robin. Whatever. You know, just the po- it's not the point about what you're doing. It's about you're just doing it first. So, and then that trickles down to lack of rotation. He doesn't rotate now. Right? Why are you not rotating? Like I said, one of his biggest mistakes was not rotating for Stuttgart. He went out all the He went all out, and we struggled that game. And we, you know, at the end of the game, we pulled it out. He should have rotated that game. People are saying, "Well, if you rotated, we might have lost." You don't know that. You don't. You definitely not, don't know that. Pep rotated a lot. Mourinho rotates, you know, reasonably too. Uh, Hapankis rotated. You have to rotate. You can't keep playing players. Um, you know, I get it. You're down in the league from points and there's pressure from, you know, Munich. There's pressure from all around the fans. You know, we want to win the league. Look at how long Dorman has been in the lead. In the lead. If we come in behind and win this, that'll be great. But you, we have a Champions League. We have, you know, we have the uh, DFB Pokal Cup tie also. 
for you not to rotate is crazy for me. For Stuttgart, like I said, I would have played Rafinha. I would have rested... Um, I'm sorry, I, w- I would have played Kimmich, but I would have rested uh, David Alaba uh, and in place brought Rafinha. I would have rested Thiago. I would have brought in Javi. I would have rested Goretzka and brought Sanchez. I would have rested uh, Thomas Müller and I would have brought in Hamas. I don't, I don't understand why he did not rotate. I don't understand. If he rotate, you know, it gives players also, okay, cool. Um, the coach, the manager, he's trust me to get in like half an hour, 45 minutes or a start or whatever, right? Then that creates competition too. And then, you know, everyone's, you know, morale is up. Sometimes the performance has to dip a little. So morale goes up. And in the long run, your perform- performance is at a higher peak. We didn't win 4-5-0 every time with Hub Heinkes. Sometimes we won 1-0. Sometimes we won 2-1. Sometimes we won. Sometimes we drew 1-1. But it had, we had morale. We had energy. We were positive. We were, we were uh, hungry. We were motivated. The whole squad was motivated. Not the starting and not the great players. Everybody. Everybody was motivated for the Champions League, for deeper runs. And that's also a difference between Pep. Pep, you know, we would do great. League games, 4-0, 3-1, 5-0, 6-1, 5-1. Champions League, remember? Porto, 6-1. Roma, uh, was it 6-1, 7-1, something like that. We would go through teams scoring 3, 4, 5. So many goals. And then what happens? You're tired. You're drained. Everyone is just down because you've asked so much from, 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 from them, you know? So much expectations for meaningless games sometimes, for meaningless moments. You're up 3-0. You don't have to attack and get that 4-5-6. You're up 3-0. It's the 85th minute. It's cool. Job done. Let's just go home. Everybody everybody injury-free. And Kovac is doing that opposite role. Not going for 3-4-5, but not rotating. I don't know what's going on because sooner or later it's going to become a problem. In if we get past Liverpool in uh, in late March, early March, it's going to be an issue when players are tired. You know, everyone's everyone's just tired. It's late season. You know, you've done they've done so much. The expectations were, you know, expectations were uh, you know high from each everybody, and now they're just drained. But sometimes when you rotate, like last week, you rotate, right? So you, if you rotated against Stuttgart, you would have played a pretty strong 11 versus um, versus Leverkusen. Then you, we would have the, the cup tie against Berlin, right? And then you would play a pretty good lineup. And then whatever happens from that, we have Schalke in the, in the weekend, I believe. You would rotate against Schalke. Because now you've played two straight games, four days apart, of really good, strong lineup. You have to rotate against Schalke because then you'll have Liverpool soon. You will have Liverpool soon. It is what it is. That's how that's how it works. We play Liverpool on the 19th, I believe. So we'll have one more league game, I believe, and then we will have Liverpool. So his lack of rotation is, is going to kill him. if He needs to rotate. 
He can't be playing Goretzka every game. He can't be uh, sitting Hamas down. He can't be playing Thiago every game. He can't keep playing Sula every game. Hey, man, I get Sula is your best defender, like he said. And, you know, it, that was a good thing when he came out and said Sula is, uh, you know, on par, if not a little better than uh, Hummels and Boateng. That's great. Drop Sula once and play Boateng and Hummels. You know why? Because Boateng has been sitting for three, four games now, and he's probably has no confidence. His morale is shot. Right, he's probably he's in. He, he's he's probably a, a mistake or two in him right now. He's probably got that in him right now. And whenever you call upon Botang, hey, I need you to play, he's gonna be like, all right, cool, I'm gonna play. And he's 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 like lousy. You know, he's not on par. You know, he's slow, sluggish. That game time in him. Well, you haven't played him in three, four games. You gotta fit him in somewhere. If he hasn't played for a month regularly, what's the point? I get it, Botang has been shit, but then when you call on him, don't expect him to be, you know, don't expect him to be Botang of 2014. He's going to be Botang of 2020 probably. You haven't played him in four games. Don't expect him to be, you know, putting up straight high A-plus results. That's not how it works. It's a double-edged sword. So that's one of my main things for Kovac. Please rotate. Please rotate. My next one, um, it's tied down to... Uh, a second one so it's a two-part but the first one it's a broad principle the broad principle here is Kovac's uh, you know training ground methods um, look I don't know what they're doing in training ground. I'm I'm 100% sure 100% sure that they're obviously doing something to work on the game I mean or else people will be fired um, players will be um, you know told you know this is the second manager you've uh, sacked. Like, obviously, they're doing something, you know. Uh, everyone's, you know, there's been subpar performances. Everyone's, you know, um, game has dropped a little. I get that. It's a transition period. Cool. But you got to work on it. You got to improve every day. So on the training ground, for example, you can work on Kimmich's crossing. You can work on, you know, a little on the offensive side. The movement. The passing, you know, um, telling players like Coman in the final third, which is what I'm, what my next point is, Coman. Coman is a big thing. Telling Coman, you know what? Look, when you get down, you have the ability to get to the final third. You do that a lot. You did that a lot against Leverkusen. But the final third decision, whether it was shooting or passing, was terrible. It was like a two out of ten. He he did he did he didn't do something like his shot wasn't shit. No, but the decision was shit. He should have passed then, or he should have done the shot earlier. He should have waited, or he should have laid it off. Like Kim Koman needs to work on that. That's on him. But Kovac needs to work on Koman and the team also. So Kovac can be like, you know what? On the training ground, we're gonna work on the offensive side. We're gonna work on the rondo one twos. Uh, we're gonna work on movement. We're gonna work on set pieces work you know do something on set pieces well van gaal did that a lot van gaal did that a lot he did that with manchester he did that with holland he did that with Bayern munich he did that with i think barcelona too if i'm not mistaken but he had a bunch of set pieces in him italy, italy has that too with him do some set pieces on corners we get a we're really good in the air we're really good in there we haven't allowed a you know a, a uh, a goal against us from a corner for in a really, really long time. But the point is that we should be able to work on it on the offensive side also. 
the headers from Hummels and Sula and Boateng always wide, high to the keeper. You guys need to work on that. It's been like three, four years. So, like I said, Coma, so, like he was poor because he would get he would get to the final third, and then you know all of us trailing him, and then he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't uh, play the pass the overlap, and he should have because Alaba would have been free with no one player in front of him, no Leverkusen player in front of him to make a you know a really good ground cross to either the players of Müller or Lewandowski or Goretzka. All three when they were probably in the box at that moment. So, or whenever he shoots, you know, he shoots, his shot is weak, you know. Or whenever he gets to the final throw, he stops the ball, he cuts inside and takes it back outside. Like, you, we can't be, you can't be doing that. You, you've got to improve. If you're going to cross, um, cross, cross faster. Or if you're going to shoot, um, fake it and... Uh, take either fake a shot or go a step forward, push the ball a step forward, and you can curl it in or you can power shot it, or overlap, communicate. This is Ribery and Alaba has been Alaba have been doing this for you know about oh, eight nine years. So they're in sync. They're in sync. Same with Robin and Philip Lom. You know, Robin and uh, Joshua Kimmich haven't been that bad, but Coleman and uh, Coleman and David Alaba have been poor. Like sinking and knowing where each other are, the communication terrible, terrible. So the training ground can you know can fix Coman. It can fix uh, the movement of uh, Thomas Muller. Maybe what he should do. His movement's great, but maybe he should get into more of that goal scoring threats. Um, what else? You know, uh, the midfield, uh, the the defenders. We can work on the defensive side, not getting caught out, not losing the ball in midfield. We can work on. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't have to lay low and press within our half. We can also, you know, have 10, 10 minute spells and 10, 10 minute spells over there, here and there, you know, of pressing high, you know, give something the other, the opposition to think about, oh, wait, wait, they're pressing high. And then like, you know, 10 minutes later, we're shut off. Now we're sitting compact in our half and pressing within our own half. And they'll be like, okay, what the hell's going on? And we can catch, we can catch him. Uh, you know, we can dispossess and we can catch him offsides. You know, we could do a lot of things, but change it up a little. All right, we're sitting in half. Okay, we're going to counter once. All right, they get the ball. Now we're pressing high. The, the, the opposition is going to get like, what the hell's going on? They're going to be looking at each other, looking at the coach. Okay, coach, what the hell are we going to And then they're going to, the, the manager can change it up. You know, he can make a crucial sub and then you could go back to your, you know, deep lying uh, defensive shape. You, you've got to, you've got to have some, you know, you gotta have some plan in you where you change it up and you have different uh, approaches. You know, I get it. You have a plan for this game, but you should always have. Okay, guys, we conceded. This is what we're gonna do. If we don't concede, we go up two goals. This is what we're gonna. If this player goes out, this is what we're gonna do. You've gotta have plans. You've definitely gotta have plans. My other um, change I would do is Coman uh, to not play on the left side. Coleman on the left side, his crossings are poor. His shot, he's got to bring it inside. He's not naturally left-footed. I would... He's not a naturally left-footed, is what I'm trying to say. But he's he's naturally right-footed. So that's his strong, uh, strong foot. So play him on the right side, like you did early in the season, before he was injured. Remember the first game of the season? He was on the right side, and that's when Nico Schultz injured him. Play him on the right side. Let him cross with his right side. Let him run past the fullback or the defender 
on the right side. So when he looks up, he can make a pass. He can shoot with the right. And the overlaps will be will be much more easier for him. The overlaps, because the ball will be on his right side and he can lay it off. But when he's on the left side, the ball is away from where the player is overlapping from him. That's also what I would do. I'll play Coleman on the right side. That's not a big thing, but I think, you know, Coleman's confidence right now is pretty low. I think he's probably getting back to that, conf- uh, you know, that confident play. I wouldn't say it's low. I would take that back. It's not, I don't think his confidence is low. I think he's just like, you know, he's trying to figure everything out. He's been out for a long time. He's still young. Uh, you know, he's trying to tailor his game, uh, you know, tweak it a little. I get that. But sometimes you're like, you know what? Hey, you're starting at the right side today. Um, let loose, uh, go 1v1 with the defenders, Get try to get past them, see the overlap, you can cross. So I will do that. Another another um, aspect also, you know, it, it, these are all tied to each other in some way or another, is, you know, players shouldn't just start because, because they should start, right? So Hummels shouldn't just start because Botang is shit. Because then now Botang is getting, uh, Hummels is getting confidence saying, well, awesome. Now I'm basically, you know, a guaranteed starter um, week in, week out. If something happens, then uh, I don't know if, if we have a rotation that we know there's a midweek game and there's games on the weekend, then obviously I'm going to have to rest. But besides from that, you know, I'm a week in, week in starter. Cool. I don't have to try as hard. You know, there's no pressure on me. No one's no one's breathing down my neck to uh, perform better. Now look at Hummels. First half, great. Passes, great. Defensively, shit. You know, he's been slacking. For what he was and what we were expecting, you know, Hummels to be for another, you know, couple, few years, something like that. He's he's really brought it down the levels this year. Um, another aspect uh, of that, you know, just not to start whoever. You shouldn't be able to start Joshua Kimmich because it's Joshua Kimmich. Sometimes you go like, you know what, Joshua, I'm going to sit you down because obviously we're rotating. So you sit down and then I'm going to put in Rafinha. Now we have only three fullbacks. So you got to play David Alba. You'd be like, David Alba, you worked really hard last week. I'm going to give you a break. Or, you know, you're a shit. You know, don't just start him because, you know, you, you've got to start him as your strongest level and you need three points. That's great. You want the end result to be three points. That's the ultimate goal in football. Three points. Doesn't matter how you get it. That's the ultimate goal. Three points. You want to win. But sometimes that three points today will mean three losses, you know, in two weeks in two weeks time. I'd rather take a, a really narrowed win or a struggle, grind out win and, and be prepared to play the tougher games, the cup ties. So I don't know. He's 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 playing, you know. You know, he's playing Hummels and Sula. And then, some. you know, sometimes he would change up. Sula would go on the bench. He was Boateng and Hummels. And then we would see Boateng, you know, mess up. And then we'd be like, all right, cool. Now it's solidified that it's Hummels and Sula. Well, now Hummels is messing up. Because you haven't rotated. You got to keep these guys on their toes. Keep him dancing. Keep him dancing. He's got to look like a boxer. Once their, feet t- once their heel touches the floor, it's over. It's over. They're comfortable. They're, st- they're sitting ducks. Keep him tall. Keep him tall. You know, slap, slap, snap. Keep keep him on their toes. Because now Hummels is comfortable. He knows that he's safe. He will play. You know, he, he gets the idea. He's like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm good for next week. Honestly, per- personally, I, w- I would have to stop. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but 
you know, I might have to start Boateng, you know, against Berlin. I might. I don't, it's not decisive, but I might. Now it's going to be like three, four games without Boateng. And then once you, you know, ask him, yo, Boateng, I need you this this game. You don't expect the 8, 7, 9, 10 out of 10 performance. Don't expect don't expect that kind of performance. You haven't played him in a month, basically. And then when a game comes around that it's very crucial, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You know? If you're not gonna if you're not gonna feed the dog, right? If you're not gonna feed it, if you're not gonna take care of it, if you're not gonna wash it, if you're not gonna take it to the the vet, right? And then, you know, a month later, you know, you're all you're all missing your dog and now you're giving attention and now you want his attention, right? That's not gonna happen. Like it's a double edged sword. It's like a relationship. You gotta compromise. You gotta you gotta like give in something to get something. Sometimes you gotta be like, yeah, babe, you're right. Or sometimes she has to be like, okay, you're right. I'll we'll do that tonight. Or hey, can you do that and then I'll pick up the that that tomorrow or something. You know, whatever the whatever it is, the context doesn't really matter. It's the concept. The concept is what Kovac and the players are missing here. Kovac needs to play these guys. He can't just play Hummels because Hummels has been great and Boateng has been shit. That's great. Now Hummels is shit. Boateng has been sitting for a while. What's what are you gonna do now? How are you gonna? The man managing is clearly an issue for Kovac because you know he's not been in the game, and for he's not been in a manager career for a long time. I get that he hasn't managed a team like Bayern yet. No disrespect to Frankfurt, but Frankfurt are not Bayern Munich. No team in the world is like Bayern Munich, except for a similar vibe as uh, Barcelona, you know. Um. But Bayern Munich, are di- Bayern Munich are, it's different vibe. It's a different vibe here. We expect performances. Look at Van Gaal. It was in four games that guy got sacked because he 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 did he was at shit performances for four or five games. He got sacked. Even even Jurgen, I think, uh, not Jurgen Cup. Hub, uh, Hub Heinkes was sacked for Bayern Munich. Uh, Klinsman was also shit under us. Look, we've had really great managers come in and co- go. You've got to change. You've got to adapt. You're like, okay, that's my mistake. I'm sorry. you got to self-critique. you got to come and be like, yeah. I w-. You don't have to come out and say it. You could just change it and people will realize it. Look in the mirror and be like, I, I should have done that differently. Now I will change it. I will look at the circumstances and change it. If I start seeing some changes, I'll be like, all right, cool. Like he's understanding. He's self-critiquing. He understands what he did wrong. Now he's changing it up. I will totally rate that. But he's got to do it because if he doesn't, he's not going to last in a job. He's definitely not going to last in a job. Because this will all have an effect of the players giving out. You'll lose the locker room. You'll lose games. You won't have any hardware. And the fans are going to get involved. The board is going to get involved. Look at Carlo Ancelotti. Carlo Ancelotti is sacked. And that's Carlo Ancelotti. The, the manager that's won, you know, Champions League as a player and a coach. He took taking the Milan sides, you know, to glory. The Real Madrid side to glory. Chelsea side to glory. You know, that, he didn't work out with us because he was an Bayern manager. He was too soft. He was, you know, he wasn't working on the detail. And But he's a really good manager. He, just, it, that, he didn't fit with Bayern Munich. And he didn't fit with Bayern Munich. And it shows because now it's like, well, the players really, you know, he lost the locker room with the PSG thing. And then the players didn't really, you know, appreciate what he was giving into the, into the, for the team, the efforts. And then now if, you, if you're not giving in to Kovac, the players are going to be looked at because now the players have sacked two managers. 
So we got to look at like, dude, you're you have a huge you have a huge responsibility in this too. Two two men have been sacked. They've lost two, their jobs because of you in some percentage. Some piece of the pie is your fault. And that piece of the pie is very alarming because now it's a pattern. After two, it's going to be a sort of a pattern. You know, a first one might be coincidence. What about the second one? What about the third one if there is a third one? Hopefully not. God forbid. So that's that's the thing. It's like Kovac needs to um need, needs to understand like he he's a grown-up man. He, he I trust him as of now, but he needs to change some stuff. He definitely needs to change some stuff. Um we can't keep going on with these simple errors. You got to you got to place the team. You got to position the team before even the ball is kicked. Position your team to succeed at the higher highest percent percentage. You don't rotate; it affects the next game. You don't then that effect. It's a domino effect. It doesn't affect the next game, and then it affects the game after that. Until there is some period, some some axing moment of like you know, um, the team wins and off a really terrible you know lineup, the team wins somehow. Then it it nullifies it. It negates the issue. Or if there is an international play, you're two weeks off. That negates it. The season's over. That negates it. Winter break. That negates it. But we're in a crucial time of state. There's no in- international break coming up. Only breaks will be if you're out of the cups. That's the only breaks. So, you know, the Berlin game is going to be huge. And I have a feeling he's going to play a strong lineup, as he should. But he should have uh, played a strong lineup against Leverkusen. But that strong lineup would have not been the same lineup as... Um, as uh what what was it uh stuttgart so his stuttgart lineup was stronger than his leverkusen lineup which doesn't make sense he had rafina in uh, against leverkusen he didn't have rafina against stuttgart it doesn't make sense you were at home you could have played rafina you went away and you played a rafina i don't get it he needs to definitely work on that the subs and the lack of rotation definitely a huge thing a, definitely a huge huge thing the last one, it's not more of a issue. It's more of a, well, it is an issue, but it's not like something we can fix uh, short term. Uh, maybe even long term, we can't fix it. But after Thiago, it's it feels that we don't have a fluid midfielder. We don't have a midfielder that can uh, grab the ball and uh, have his, uh, you know, have him face the opponent and uh, make a pass, go past someone, dribble, um, you know, we have a bunch of midfielders that can play their back against the opposition. Javi Martinez. You know, Javi still has some good passing in him, but he's not Thiago. He's not fluid. He doesn't have that Modric vibe. He doesn't have that Iniesta vibe. Um, it's crucial. Um, after, I mean, we do have Toliso, but he's been injured. And, you know, it, th- this injury really, really hurt us. The Toliso injury. Because when we had Toliso, it would have given problem for Kovac of who to start. Then he would have had a bunch of good players um, wanting to play, and that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. That's a great problem to have. Um, but after Thiago, we don't have another fluid, you know, uh, um, you know, a momentum-building midfielder. Thiago does it all. He's a really good midfielder. Um, some people don't rate him. Some people rate him too high. Some people think uh, this and that with him. I don't care. This is who we have, and he's really good midfielder. You know, he's, the fluidity that he brings in, we don't have it. 
you know. And uh, I don't know if we're ever going to go in the market and buy another midfielder or something like that, you know, like a Kevin De Bruyne, a Pjanic, a, you know, guys like that, you know, that can face forward, look at the defenders, look at the opposition, play ball forward, um, you know, go forward, uh, make a dribble that, you know, forward, um, you know, be more direct is basically what I'm trying to aim at here. So those are those are basically my you know main things i've come across with in the second half already you know it's been it hasn't been that long in in the second half of the season but i think it's been like three four games but basically the 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 f- f- month i don't think it's been it's been three four games i'm losing my mind basically all the games that you know we've had in the second half that's that's basically a little tailored made but that's basically what i've come to conclusion that we need to change or fix or alter, and uh, I hope Kovac, I hope some somehow Kovac listens to this and the players too because it's a wake up call for all of them. You know, it's not done and dusted. The league's not done. The Champions not done. The Cup's not done. But this is a wake up call for all of them. You, you, everybody needs to change their character, act up, and roll up the sleeves and get down to business because this is Bayern Munich. And like I said, when things don't roll your way they tend to not roll your way for a while and then it's a trickling effect it's a domino effect managers get sacked players get axed you know if a new manager comes along then i'll be like okay cool like i feel for the third manager now what the hell is the third manager gonna do who's gonna be the third manager who i want i don't even like entertaining the question right of like kovac leaving because kovac is not you know, he's, he hasn't done anything to leave at this moment. But if he needs doesn't fix, then, then there will be a reason for him to leave, for him to get sacked. Because the performances won't be there and you can't replace 23 players. You can replace one manager. And then what was what's going to be the problem? You can't go get Hup Heinkes again. Zidane's not going to fit because he doesn't speak German. Thomas, Thomas Tuchel, eh, I don't want Thomas Tuchel. I don't want Jurgen Klopp. No, that's just me. I want to... I want to, you know, Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. Okay, cool. We've had Pep Guardiola, so why don't just go get Pep Guardiola? Um, what was it? Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann is going to RB Leipzig. I don't want uh, Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger is not the answer to Bayern Munich. No way. Who's left? Who is left? So this is this is a huge thing. And I think Kovac realizes that too. Not like, oh, if, if I get fired, no one's going to be able to come here. Not that. But he realizes, dude, like I'm early in my career. If I want to be successful for the long run, I need to be successful at a big club. So he needs to make it. And, you know, he gives that vibe. He has that Baltic vibe, that Croatian vibe, like hard worker. You know, he looks like an alpha male. You know, he, look at him. He's dressed. He looks like he's got his guns, you know, his slick back hair. He's not wearing no track suit. You know, he's wearing a suit and tie. He's not wearing a tie. I don't think where it's... Well, he's wearing his... You know, he's wearing his nice casual shirt with his pants. Like, dude, this guy is serious. And he needs to... You know, I get that. He's giving his effort. You know, he doesn't like losing. He's a winner. Look, he won against Bayern Munich uh, with Frankfurt. So, obviously, he has the capability of winning. He's won more trophies than uh, Jurgen Klopp in the last five, six years. Come on, Jurgen Klopp has won the league twice against Bayern Munich. But after that, things went like 
all the hell went loose. Because when you win two against Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are going to do something that, you know, you're going to have to do double or triple what you just did to overcome us again. Look at it. They won two in a row and now we've won six. Could possibly be seven. It's not a joke. Um, so some, And then sometimes people say, you know, it's sometimes it's good to go two steps backwards to go three steps forward. That's cool. That's cool. I get that. Sometimes. You say sometimes. But maybe this is not the time. Maybe this is the time to be very self-aware of the situation. Because if if you don't understand when someone is gone out of your life, then you will understand the value of that person or the value of what they bring. I know that's very cliche and all that, but like I said, if Kovac goes, who the hell are you going to bring in? I give you six, seven possibilities that are ruled out, right? What are the odds that, um, what was it? The Tottenham manager. I keep forgetting his name. Pachatino. Pachatino's not going to come Bayern Munich. That's out of question. Manchester United have a higher, much higher chance of getting him. Pachino can go to Real Madrid. Do you want Jose Mourinho after his comments against uh, Bayern Munich, the board, and with Schweinsteiger? I don't want Jose Mourinho. Hell no. So Zidane is not going to work out. Lauren Blanc? Are you kidding me? I don't want Lauren Blanc. I don't want Jardim if he leaves in the summer. I don't want uh, Thierry Henry. Like, come on. Philip Lama, like all these players, all these ex-players too. Van Bommel, are you kidding me? What's the difference between Van Bommel and uh, and uh, Kovac? Cool, maybe the style is different, but they're still early. They're still very young. So if Van Bommel comes in and he's shit, you're gonna fire him too. So what's what what's the what's the point? And if Van Bommel doesn't work out, you bring the guy from Ajax. Wait, is it the guy from Ajax? I know I gotta look it up. Is it the guy? Yes, Ajax. Eric Ten Hag. I don't know how you say he's a Dutch a Dutch manager, but if you bring in that guy, well what if what if that happens? Because then he's gonna bring a new philosophy and he's you know, he's young too. So if he comes in and then you know you look at it, uh you look at it and you're like, Oh well, yeah, that happened again and you know th- these guys don't have, you know, managerial careers. Um Yes, I know um, the Ajax manager was um, the manager for Bayern Munich too, but who has he coached? He's coached Ajax and I think an, uh, and one more team in Holland. I forgot, but that's it. That's the only you know he hasn't coached really a big team yet. Ajax is a huge team, but you know he hasn't gone to Champions Leagues with Ajax. He hasn't gone to cup ties with Ajax. It's, this is a different ball game. So if Kovac leaves, Kovac gets sacked, and another person comes in, which is not a f- huge list with great replacements, that guy's probably not going to have a really good chance of you know uh, positioning himself for long-term success. It's going to be a domino effect. Like I said, it's going to be keep going domino effects. You got to ma- manage to work. If the it's like think of it like this: if a relationship is not working and you make your first fight, you're going to be like, all right, cool, I just want a divorce. Sometimes you got to work it out. Sometimes you got to go through losses. Sometimes you got to disagree. Sometimes the guy has to sleep on the couch. It is what it is. But for long-term success, you got to know, understand the, you know, each party's, um, you know, 
their sensible side, what what words to say to make him uh, either happy, what words will make him pissed off. You know, in a football sense, you got to know how to, you know, talk to a certain player, how to, you know, um, push for something, how to expect something. Either sometimes you say rudely and he doesn't care because he's a hard man. Sometimes you say nicely because, you know, he's a soft guy. You've got to you've got to establish sometimes you got to work through that sometimes. And like I said, some he might Kovac might be fired. I hope not. I hope everything works out. You know, hell, I hope we win a triple. Call me crazy, but hey, who wouldn't want to win a triple? But this is this is this is football 2019. You can't keep all right. This guy didn't work. Sack. Um, eight months later, you know that guy didn't work. Lost the dressing room. Sacked. Another person comes in. Uh, tactics are shit or whatever. Sacked. Another person comes in, okay, he makes some success three years down. Okay, he leaves or he gets sacked. Okay, who are you gonna keep you're gonna keep sacking managers? We're not Chelsea here. We're not Real Madrid, we're not Barcelona, we're not Manchester United. This is Bayern Munich. Look at how many tenures uh Hopangas has had with us. We've had really good managers and we've expected we've had we've held each manager to a certain uh, high standard that you don't get anywhere else both on the pitch and off the pitch and that includes culturally and traditionally too so if you if you're if your answer to everything is sack the manager sack this sack that hell man i got huge huge a wake-up call for you in real life relationships because when something goes wrong when you don't like something you're going to end the relationship you're going to say something you don't mean you're going to do something you shouldn't have. And that's that's going to be a life lesson. And in football sense, you know, you're, you're saying it because you're a supporter. It doesn't affect you directly. It affects you indirectly when you watch the performances. You're not there. You're not, you're not getting paid for this. This is like a leisure activity for you. It's a very important leisure activity. I get that. But you're not affected. But once you're affected, then you're going to understand the repercussions. Because, you know... Some people saying Kovac is, you know, donkey. He's old school. He doesn't know shit. Dude, you don't know. Any, either you've probably never met, coached a team any at any level, even like a 15-year-old kids. You've probably never played in a team or in a league. So you don't understand the pressures. I'm pretty sure Kovac is working. I'm pretty sure, you know, even Kovac said after the Leverkusen game, like, yeah, we, we came here. We worked on... Um, you know, he said on Wednesday and Thursday or something like that, they worked on defensive schemes and techniques and strategy or something like that. I have the article. I just, I forgot what he said. But, you know, he, he said basically we worked on the defensive side of the game. And it showed the first half were pretty good. Second half started, Leon Bailey go, boom, all of a sudden we switched. What the hell happened? Someone please tell me that. What the hell happened? So everything needs to be addressed. And... Um, the one, and this is why uh, I've gone off in a little tangent. You may think, but it's not the one. Also, think I'm want to be cha- want to change for Bayern Munich is the fans. The fans shouldn't just, um, you know, they 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 shouldn't just attack um, through illogical um, statements. You know, like I said, they would come out Thomas Müller. Oh, I'm so happy he suspended both games. He's done. You're telling me a, a, a team without Thomas Muller is better than a team with Thomas Muller? That's horseshit. 
That's horseshit. Because then you can make then because then I can make a team that Hamas Rodriguez without Hamas Rodriguez is better than uh, with, right? I can make an argument that uh, if we don't have Tiago, we would be better. Everybody can make an argument, but that's just stupid argument, right? People, you're probably going to listen to this and be like, "What? A Tiago-less team is better than one with Tiago, right? That doesn't make sense, right? So why would a team?" without Thomas Muller be better than one with. I'm not saying play him. I'm not saying start him. Hell, you could you know you could tell him, yo, take the day off. I don't care. The point is when you have an option, so when it comes to 75 minute, 80 minute, you want to take him off or you want to bring him on. That's an option. Options are great. If you're running from the cops, for example, and you make a right turn and it's a dead end, you fucked. But if you have options, if you get to a cul-de-sac, you don't have any options. But if you make a detour, or if you have, you know, a, a different, if you went well left instead, and now you have uh, an option with left or right now, it's great. You think Tom, you think Thomas Muller being suspended is great for Kovac? Hell no. You think it's good for the team? Hell no. You think it's great for Liverpool? It is. It is. In one aspect, it is. Because now, Greg and Kump could be like, okay, well, we know that they don't have Thomas Muller. So, what po- the, the the decision is not going to be um, easier for Kovac of who to play. And now we can uh, approach the game plan of negating his, his approach. You know, what his style is to that game. His tactics to that game. Because then if we had Thomas Muller, we have everybody, uh, you know, if we had everybody uh, healthy... And uh, we were playing really good with most of the players. We were rotating. Then Jurgen Klopp is going to be like, well, I don't know who's going to play. I don't know if he's going to sit back. I don't know if he's going to attack us. I don't know if he's going to do high press. I don't know if he's going to be, um, you know, play wide. I don't know if he's going to go through the middle. Is he playing 4-2-3-1? Is he playing Thomas Muller? Is he playing both Hamas and Muller? Is he playing Robin? Like, is he playing Coman on the left, on the right? Is Gnabry playing? Is Javi? Is he playing a DM? Is he playing a pivot? Like so many questions when you have options. But now it's like, okay, Tolisso's out. Cool. Um, who else? Oh, oh yeah, cool, cool. So Thomas Muller's out both games. Cool, awesome. Um, he's probably not gonna be playing Boateng because he hasn't played in a long time. He's probably not gonna trust him. Cool. So it's probably still in Hummels. Awesome. Uh, wingers. Oh, it looks like Ribery and Robin are not gonna be uh, fit to start. Cool. So it's gonna be Gnabry and um, Coleman. Cool, so we know everything you have. Cool, thanks. I'll be back in a week to, um, um, you know, fight you guys and in the first leg. Look at that. You need options. Scare him off. Scare him off. You know, Mourinho once, uh, you know, he would come out and be like, yo, so we're going to approach the game this way and that way. And when the game started and when the game went, the game went by, excuse me, when the game went by, it would be completely different. He would throw off the opponents. Carlo, An- Carlo Ancelotti was the complete opposite. Carlo An- Ancelotti went to a press conference and said, yeah, so we're going to be doing this and this is who started. And the game started and that would, that's what, how it happened. So the team and the player, opposition players and the managers can be like, oh, okay, cool. He's going to do that. Marino did a twist. He would tell him what he would do and he would do the opposite. He would tell you he was starting this person and then he would start at someone else. And then people would be like, oh, is it like a, a warm-up injury? Oh, no, it's just like he was he, he just screwing. He's fucking with everybody. We've got to have that something in it, in 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 Kovac in the team. So, I don't want to ramble on. 
um that was the last bit was towards the fans uh basically be rational don't be stupid don't say you know but to cut it off to end it on one point um you know this week i heard someone say um it was very scary i i hate i hate having this platform and saying something like this but i want to because it's probably gonna be my last time ever saying it um someone on twitter Bayern Munich fan quote-unquote fan i don't know what kind of fan says that um i really am interested in the psychological effects of this person and what it means to root against some something or someone you love so imagine you were rooting against your brother you wanted your brother or sister to lose that competition because it would somehow benefit uh, the uni- the family, a more a bigger, broader thing. If so, so what you think or so what you expect, right? So imagine a fan of Bayern, a Bayern Munich fan tweeted out, "I hope we lose to Berlin, so Kovac gets fired." Another one said, "If not the same, I think I hope we get slapped by Liverpool, so you're, uh, we get slapped by Liverpool, so Kovac gets fired." You want your team to lose in a cup competition, so the manager lose, so the manager gets sacked. That has that has really, really bad, really bad repercussions coming for that person. Really bad to to have, you know, for something you love, which is Bayern Munich, to vote, to think, to say a negative, um, you know, a statement against them. So you want Bayern Munich to get out of the competition. So you love Bayern Munich, but you want the worst for Bayern Munich because some person involved in Bayern Munich or part of the family or, you know, the entity, you want them gone. That's psychological, like, fuckiness. You know, that's ill, bro. That's so ill to, to, you know, to wish something poor against or someone you love that that doesn't it doesn't you know in my head it's like what the fuck is going on right so i don't want to talk about too much that's that's just like it's very disgusting and you know um when i saw it i wasn't really big fan of it like if you don't like kovac and you give me constructive criticism or if you don't like a certain player or why he shouldn't start or why he shouldn't be there or why he shouldn't do that and you give me evidence and you give me a solid reason as to why then and you give me like oh okay look my this is my hypothesis or this is what happened he did this and look what it ha- how it ended up and you have an evidence of the game um, previous to that and then look he did this the opposite way this game and look how it turned it out and i'll be like i right, cool i can see your point now so i like that i like that give me constructive criticism don't just say you know out of emotion give me reason give me logic use some common sense common sense is not that common apparently but to end it on that basis, that's my last thing. Um, this was the video basically about, you know, what changes I would have for, uh, particularly for the managers and the players and the last bit of the fans. Um, thank you, guys. Um, we will be back. I said I have it recorded, but I got to make some changes. I did one where uh, we talk about if players um, win trophies on the bench. Does that count? So you barely played, but you were part of a trophy-winning team. Does that count? And, I, and I'm doing one. It's probably going to be done at the, I want to say at the end of the week, latest, uh, of Jose Mourinho versus Pep. And either which one I prefer, the pros and cons of each. 
and all of that. And then I'm going to just set out some stats and evidence also. So that's on that. Thank you guys for the support. If you guys uh, check out the IG page at football uh, today, VG, and then it's the same for Twitter. Um, follow up. I post up when the uh, podcast episodes are up. Uh, we have discussions. Everything's lit. If you guys want to support the channel, the support has been great. Thank you guys for everybody that's been supporting it. Um, you guys are giving me the opportunity to continue this. So if you guys want to support, go on the Anchor uh, profile page, and then there's going to be a link. You just uh, just you know press uh, support podcast, and that's it. You can choose which um, subscription method you want. So thank you guys. You know it's been really awesome. I started this about two two and a half months ago, and it's been wild experience already thus far um on that basis thank you guys we'll be back soon with an episode uh, i think tomorrow you know it's gonna be published either tomorrow or, or the following day so very soon um on that again thank you guys and we'll be back uh stay well and hopefully we get three points against berlin bye-bye <laughs>